Welcome to Tuesday Night Live Bible Study and also Glenn Mills Learning, Loving, Living God's Word Podcast. Uh, we had started podcasting a couple weeks ago, and again, that is Glenn Mills Learning, Loving, Living God's Word Podcast. Now, when you go and you look up that for podcasting, uh, you may find one that has only one episode. I encourage you to look on the internet. You'll find another one. Uh, I got on there one day trying to redo something and ended up opening up another account, but one that we do have that is actively running has about five or six episodes on it. And again, that's Glenn Mills Learning, Loving, Living God's Word. But this is Tuesday Night Live Bible Study. We're excited about what God is doing here in the ministry. We're excited about the new year. Uh, gave a vision, I think last week, 2020, spiritual vision. If you have not had chance to see that on YouTube, Glenn Mills Ministries, or we also have it on Facebook, and it's also on the podcast, Glenn Mills Learning, Loving, Living God's Word. Excellent. You, you just really need to hear it. Uh, God is going to do some really awesome things in 2020 as far as, as far as spiritual vision for those who will commit to the Word, commit to His presence, and commit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, some awesome things are going to happen. Great opportunity. Now, it's not going to happen for everybody because everybody's not sold out to it. But if you will sell out to it, and again, I encourage you, listen to that message in its entirety. I, I promise you, it's going to give you an opportunity, a goal, and God's going to do some awesome things. I want to remind you tonight, if you have a prayer item, we always pray at the end of the program, and we've, uh, I think last week we were praying and praising God for some things that he was already doing, healings that were coming forth in the lives of people. And my friends, we ask for you to pray for us, for Kim and I, as we're getting ready to start this new year. We're just believing God's going to open up more and more doors for us to be able to go out and minister. Now, don't get me wrong. We love to minister through the internet, through Tuesday Night Live Bible Study, through the newsletters that we send out, through YouTube, through podcasting. We love that. But more than that, we love being where the people are at. We love to go to the churches deliver the message God has for that church, and then pray and ask God's blessing on those people. We love the contact. We we love to physically lay our hands on the people and anoint them and believe God for them. So please do pray uh, for us that, that ministers or others will call us this year to go out. We've got a few uh, bookings that are set up, but you know, we'd love to go often and be able to share. And anytime we go, we often do that live as well. So you get the benefit from it also, but do pray that we'll have a very active year in the ministry. 2019 was awesome. We were able to minister to thousands, thousands of the word of God. So many come to Christ. So loads uh, become more and more equipped in the Word of God, and that is our heart's desire, to see souls saved, to uh, prepare the, the bride for Jesus Christ, and to equip the church to do the work we've been called to do. Well, what I want to talk to you tonight about is the richest people I know, the richest people I know. Now, I'm sure there's someone you already think, well, I know some rich people, got plenty of money, but you're going to find out. It's really not what we're talking about. The richest people I know doesn't mean they have a lot of money, and we want to explain that as we go along. In Luke 12, 16 through 20, we read the story of the rich fool, the story that Jesus was talking about. He was explaining about the rich fool. God had blessed this man with an abundant harvest. 
So much so that he said instead of sharing his good fortune with others less fortunate, he devised a plan that would allow him to keep it all for himself. So here we had a farmer. Jesus later calls him a rich fool. But he had an overflow crop. You know, I remember farming with my father, my brother-in-law, and there would be years we would just have a tremendous overflow. There would be years things were tight. But you know, my father always made sure that he gave God his first, and God always blessed us tremendously. I remember riding around with my father, Curtis Mills, many times, and hearing Daddy thank God for the crops, for the rain, and not always in the good times. He always thanked God because he knew that God was in control. And I, I learned a lot of that from my father. But he was always grateful for what God had done in his life and how God had brought him and allowed him to be a farmer because that was his heart's desire and how God had used that to bless him. And I'm going to promise you something. I had so many people at my father's funeral that came by and said, your daddy did this for me. Your daddy gave this to me. Your daddy did this for my family. My father helped a lot of people we never knew anything about because he knew God had blessed him. He wanted to bless other people. He blessed all of his children. I could not do what I'm doing today. Kim and I had my father and mother not done a lot of things for me early in ministry, which allows us now to do the things that we're doing. So I know what it's like to have someone in your life that pulls into you and shares. This is what the rich man had the opportunity, the rich farmer. You know, he had an abundant crop, but instead he decided he comes up with a plan so he can keep it all for himself. He went as far as to even tear down his existing barns, the Bible says, and built bigger barns to handle the overflow and the abundance. Then he desired to do nothing but eat, drink, and be merry. He, he said, oh, my soul, eat, drink, and be merry, for you have much laid up for many years. That very night, the Bible says, Jesus said he would face God and leave all of his material things for somebody else. The things he hadn't given, the things he did not do to help, somebody else was going to end up with it anyway. An abundant overflow. Jesus called him a rich fool. So we see that very night. Now, not only is Jesus giving the story, but he also, in the story, gives a warning. In the amplified version of Luke chapter 12, verse 21 Look at what he says. After he tells the story about the rich fool, he says, So it is with the one who continues to store up and hold possessions for himself and is not rich toward God. That rich actually means in his relationship. So let's look at the warning again Jesus gives. He tells a story about the rich fool who would not share his possessions, who wouldn't help others, who kept it all for himself. Jesus gives this warning. So it is for the one who continues to store up and hoard possessions for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, what does your portfolio look like when considering your relationship with God, our Father. What does my portfolio? Portfolio means a range of investments made by a person, a company, or an organization. It is a investment. It is a type of investment. Now, when we think investments, 
we always think money. But my friend, there's a lot of things you can invest more than money. We can invest time. We can invest love. We can invest thought. There's a lot of things. But what is our portfolio? What investments are we making in our relationship with our Heavenly Father? If our time was up tonight, just like the rich fool, where would we stack up when we stand before our Father? Because the Bible says it is appointed under man once to die and then the judgment. We're going to stand before God, every one of us. How valuable is your relationship, is my relationship with the Father? If tonight you drew your last breath, where would we stack up? You know, the Bible plainly states we do not work for righteousness. Why? Because Jesus is our righteousness. However, we do serve God gladly and lovingly because we've been made right through Jesus Christ. We are the righteousness of Christ that he took our sin and gave us his righteousness. We don't work for that. We can't earn that. It is called grace. God gave that to us through his son, Jesus, and the sacrifice that he made. But is our focus on the physical, temporary things, or is it on the spiritual and the eternal? You know, I, so often, and you've heard me say this many times, my friend, we got to quit focusing on just the physical, temporary. Now, don't get me wrong. We've got to live. We, we've got to take care of our families. We've got to do our jobs. We've got to pay our bills. There are things you're going to do every day, but that's not, eter that's not eternal. That's temporary. And even though it needs to be done, because the Bible says, let everything you do be as unto the Lord. God expects us to be responsible with the life that he's given us. But at the same time, what are we truly focused on? Because if you focus on this world and that's it, you're going to be disappointed a lot. You're going to be frustrated and you're going to be confused. But when we start looking at the spiritual, even now in the spiritual, every day we should be walking, even though we're in the physical world, we should be walking with a spiritual mindset, looking at what God is doing in and through people and things all the way around us. God does not fault us for having material things. In fact, the word of God says many times he wants to bless us with material things. When we look at the life of Solomon, he was completely, he was very rich, but wisdom meant more to him than his riches. And because he wanted to be wise, God also blessed him with material things. I know a lot of people that God has blessed them with really nice things, nice homes, nice cars, land, possessions, and all that. But God is their focus. It's not the things that God has given him. It is when, you see, God doesn't fault us, I'm going to stress this, for having material, material things. I'm not telling you tonight, go sell all you got and give it to the poor. Now, if God tells you to give to the, you, you do that. You give to the poor because we should. But he's not faulting us for possessions. It is when our possessions become our God and they become our focus. When things when it's all about having more stuff. And we have to ask ourselves, how much do we really need? Come on. How much do we really, really need when it comes to physical, material things? In Luke 12, 15, Jesus said, take heed 
and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Can I read that to you again? In Luke 12, 15, Jesus said, Take heed. That means be alert, be aware, be careful, and beware of covetousness, wanting more, coveting more, desiring more. For a man's life consists not of the abundance of the things in which he possesses. In Mark 8.36, the word of God says this, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? Tonight, what good would it be if we gained it all? I mean, everything the world. Jesus said everything the world had to offer. If you were given all the power, all the money, all the wealth, all the fame that the world could possibly give to one person, Jesus says, what is that in exchange for your eternal soul, for my eternal soul? All of that, that you can't put a physical price on that, but Jesus said, even at that, it's not worth anything considering one soul. You know, the rich, the richest people I know are those who have what money cannot buy. Not what money can buy. See, most time when we think of somebody being rich, we think, they, oh, they've got a mansion, they've got nice cars, they've got, no, 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 no. Once you begin to really look into the spiritual, when you begin to get beyond the physical, material, temporary things of this world, the richest people I know are those who have what money cannot buy. My friends, I am a rich man. I don't, we don't have the nicest. Hey, I drive a 2014 green grasshopper Ford Fiesta and it gets great, great gas mileage. You know, yeah, maybe I'd like to have a nicer car, but that one gets me where I need to go. Thank God my father, when he passed away in the glory, left me a nice pickup truck. You know, I've, I've had the devil say, well, you need to go trade that and get something nicer. Why? I love that truck. I love it because my father gave it to me. It has a lot of sentimental value. I like my little green car. Yeah, a bigger one would be nice, but then I'd have payments. You see, those things are not as important. The richest people I know are people who have what money cannot buy. Well, it is true that we need money to live because we've got to pay our bills. We've got responsibilities. Money is therefore a means of exchange, but it is not a master to serve. Can I say that again? Money to us, the believer, is meant to be a means of exchange. We use it to pay the bills. We use it to eat. We use it to buy clothes, to buy gas. Well, it's a means of exchange. It is not a master to be served. Even Jesus in another place said, choose you who you're going to serve. You can't serve God and money, material things. I encourage you tonight. My whole point is to encourage you to consider what money cannot buy. To begin to look at your life and say, okay, what do I have that means so much to me that money cannot buy. Get your mind off what money can buy because most of the time we'll be on that's temporary, that's physical, and it's limited. 
But tonight, what is it you possess? What is it you desire that money cannot buy? Let me give you a few examples. I've heard several ministers use this. You've probably heard it before. But tonight, we just want to remind you. Money can buy a bed, but it can't buy sleep. You know, the Bible says that when we put our trust in the Lord, that our sleep will be sweet. But if we'll be honest, how many of us lay down at night and our minds are just running and running and running? We got to do this. We got to do this. I want this. I want to do that. And we and we can't even, you got a bed. Money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy good sleep. The Bible says God can give us that if we'll cast our every care upon the Lord because he cares for us. He says that our sleep can become sweet. And I challenge you when you lay down tonight, you may want to say, Lord, you give me the bed. Give me sweet sleep as well. I'm casting all my cares upon you. No matter what it is I got to think about because the devil is just hounding you with things so that you can't rest and you can't sleep. But if you ask God through the Holy Spirit and the word, Father, you give me the bed, give me the sleep as well. It can buy a book, but it can't buy knowledge. You know, I've got a load of books on shelves around here, but I don't know everything that's in all of those books. If I did, I'd have a whole lot of knowledge. You see, money can buy you a book, but you have to apply yourself and read it and study the book for it to become knowledge out of the book. The money can buy the book, but it can't buy the knowledge, the things that we learn. It can buy you position, but it can't buy you respect. I've known a lot of people who would go to college, get out of college, never worked a day in their life. And because somebody in their family owned a business, they would be put in a manager's position, working over people who've been there for 30 years, working their heart out. And yet they don't even know the business like this person does. But because they have a position, they think they should be respected. Now you earn. You have to earn respect. It is precious. It is, it is something that money cannot buy. You might have a position, but it doesn't mean you have respect. But if you'll do what's right, if you'll trust the Lord, if you'll treat others fairly, what happens? Then you earn people's respect. You see, that's more spiritual. Money cannot buy that. Money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you health. It can buy you medicine. It might help. But only God. God is the great physician. He's the one that heals us. He's the one that delivers us. He's the one that breaks the addictions off our life. God is an awesome God. Yes, medicine may help. Money can buy that. But money cannot buy good health. I really believe that comes from the Lord. I believe it comes from wisdom, knowledge, and understanding on taking care of yourself. You know, exercising, eating right. You know, you can have all the medicine in the world, but if you're not going to eat right, if you're not going to exercise, if you're not going to discipline yourself, you're not going to have good health, but yet the Word of God tells us how to do that. We can have an acquaintance, but that doesn't guarantee friendship. See, an acquaintance, you can buy that. You can have enough money people want to hang out with you, but that doesn't mean they're going to be your friends. But the Bible says, if you want a friend, come on now, show yourself friendly. Show yourself genuine. Show yourself a person worthy to be someone's friend. You see, money can't buy that. We can buy entertainment, but we can't buy fulfillment. Oh, I, it's Kim and I were talking about this the other day, how not just America, but it's like the world is eat up with entertainment. We got to constantly be entertained. We've got to constantly have noise on. 
I, I know people who don't even go to sleep at night without the TV still on. They got to have noise all the time. And then we wonder why, come on out, we don't hear from the Lord. We get so busy. We keep our minds so busy. We keep our schedule so full that we don't even have time to hear from the Lord. And yet the Bible says what? Be still and know that I am God. You, you can buy all kinds of entertainment, but that doesn't mean you'll be fulfilled. Only God can truly fulfill our hearts and our life with his presence and his power. We can buy amusements, but not happiness. I think me and Pop were talking about this on the way to work this morning, you know, to go do it, to do a job that we, we've been working on. How many people have misunderstood happiness? You know, the Bible says God will give us joy. But, you know, I haven't really found a lot of places where it said God's going to make you happy. But God said he'd give you joy. And I'm, I have learned something. Joy is much greater than happiness. Happiness can come and go, but joy in the spirit is secure. Joy in the spirit is fulfilling. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. The thing that holds me up. Joy. But yet we spend so much money on amusements and entertainment and all that. But yet we're not full and we're not truly happy. Well, you don't have to be happy, but you can have joy. You can have peace. And that's to me, surpasses happiness by a long shot. You've heard this said many times. You can have a house, but not a home. You see, money can buy you a house. All different sizes, shapes. But only God, only God can give you a home. Only the right heart. Tonight, if you've got a home instead of a house, you are a very rich person. If you've got true joy, if you're truly fulfilled, if you've truly got great friends who will stand beside you through thick and thin, you are a rich person in my sight, and I believe in God's as well. You know, you can buy food, but not an appetite. I've known people in the hospital didn't have an appetite at all, had money, plenty of money, could buy anything they wanted, but they didn't have an appetite. My friends, there's a lot of things money can't buy. And lastly, you can have attention, but that doesn't mean you got love. You can have a lot of people. When you've got a lot of money, you might have a lot of people's attention, but only true love comes from God. And only true love can come through the heart of somebody who really knows God. The world has an imitation of love, but it's not real. But when you know the Father, and you love the Father, you love the Son, you love the Holy Spirit, and you, you are surrounded by people who love the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and the Word, you're going to know true love, and money cannot buy that. Money cannot buy anything that I believe compares with what God, Jesus, the Word, and the Holy Spirit can give us tonight. I believe that with all of my heart. Money cannot buy anything that God can give us. Just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Let me give you this real quick. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Money cannot buy those things, and yet they are eternal. They can bless us now, and they can bless us for all eternity, and yet you cannot buy them. I'm always reminded of the wizard that um, I think it was Paul and Silas when they were going around and laying hands on people, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit, and the sorcerer 
said, you know, I want to buy that gift. And they told him, you will perish with your money. And then, he, thank God, he repented and got himself right. But he actually thought he could buy the power of God. He thought he could buy the Holy Spirit. My friends, the richest people I know have what money cannot buy. Do you really want to be rich tonight? I mean rich beyond your imagination. Then look at Colossians 3.1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above. For Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. You know, Kim's been teaching at church on Sunday night, and maybe I can get her to do this message for you sometime, that when you read the book of Hebrews, the main subject is Jesus is greater than everything, everybody. He said, the Bible says he's greater than the law, because he is the law. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Abraham. He's greater than the prophets. He's greater than the angels. Jesus is greater. And the reason the the author was stressing this is because the people were thinking about going back to the old way. They, they were Jewish people thinking about going back to Judaism instead of being in Christ. And, and the author is saying, hey, you can go back, but there's nothing better or greater than Jesus Christ. And money can't buy that. Money can't. The richest people I know know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They know God is their Father. They know the Word is their foundation. And they know the Holy Spirit is their teacher, their comforter, their strength, their corrector. They know, they know without a shadow of a doubt. Look at that again. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. That means we've accepted Him as Lord and Savior. Our sins have been forgiven. He said, set your hearts on the things above, not the things of this world where Christ has set it at the right hand of the Father. I pray that in 2020, if you are not already, you will become one of the richest people that I know. Amen. Check Kim and see if we got any prayer items tonight. Look like we had a good group of people that tuned in with us tonight. God is so good.